Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now a part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have a returning guest, Daphna Techover. She's a director, part of the Children's Health Defense Organization with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. She works in particular on 5G and wireless harms that uh, that appear to be coming from it. I'll get more into the details shortly, but Daphna is an attorney licensed both in New York and Israel. Uh, she has an MBA and she's the founder of We Are the Evidence, which is an advocacy organization for the protection of rights by people who have been injured by wireless technology radiation. So we're going to go into uh, everything that's going on with her and her work. So Daphna, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. Well, tell me about your, your work and then we'll go into the recent stuff that's happening. I've been working on the issue of wireless harms for the past eight to nine years. It started because I got sick from wireless technology. You know, as you mentioned, I'm coming from a technology background and I used to love technology and wireless technology, still love technology, but not wireless technology. And, you know, I I was the early adopter of this technology and um, until one day it made me sick, no warning sign. And then when that happened, I wanted to know that how come, you know, something that I used to love so much much can harm me literally devastated my life and I did not know anything about it and that's how you know I got into this topic and I've been working on it for the past eight years. So when you say it it harmed you give me some details like what did you experience and when and what did you think was going on? So I I developed a condition that is called radiation sickness also known as microwave sickness or electrosensitivity but really the the correct term would be radiation sickness. And this condition really manifests with various uh, symptoms. Most of them are neurological symptoms like, you know, it starts with, for many people, it starts with tingling in their hands and the finger when they use a cell phone, um, headaches, pain in the head when they use a cell phone. And then it goes, for some, it gets much worse than that. It goes to nonstop severe headaches, disabling headaches, heart palpitation, uh, nosebleeds, noise sensitivity, various visual impairments, major issues, cognitive problems, memory problems, especially with children. A lot of people, even adults now are developing alleged ADHD, but it's really not ADHD for many of these people, you know, when they turn off the Wi-Fi, those problems disappear. And so it's it's pretty, dis- I guess it's a spectrum condition. Some people can have some symptoms, but, you know, they still can function for others, it can literally devastate their lives. And um, while very few people know about it, it's definitely already quite widespread. Surveys show that at least 10% of the population already have symptoms from this and recognize wow. that the symptoms are caused for it. It's very likely that the rates are much higher. Furthermore, and people are not aware that a lot of people, uh, it's actually a major contributory factor to a lot of other conditions. Other conditions that are associated with exposure to the radiation coming out of wireless technology cancers. There is a mm. big study that was done by the federal government, $30 million study, 10-year study. Results came out in 2018 and 2019. The study concluded that 
there's clear evidence that this radiation causing cancer and breaks the DNA. Nevertheless, our government tells us that there's no evidence of harm. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, so for children, uh, we do believe that there's some evidence connecting this to the exponential growth in autism. Uh, if it's not a cause, it's at least a contributory factor and a lot of mechanism that show how this connection can be. This radiation breaks the blood-brain barrier, meaning that toxin can now go to your brain. And if toxins are going to hey, your brain... Hey, it, so can... does, it, does it make the blood-brain barrier... Uh, temporarily more permeable? Exactly, exactly. And actually, the first study that was done on this was done in 1975. And it was done by a scientist in the US Navy. And he showed this pretty clear. Since then, dozens and dozens of studies repeatedly show the same thing. And actually, if you hold your cell phone in an arm length away from your head, it still yeah. can can cause damage to your blood brain barrier. Really? So and and there was a study that was done on seven hundred people who developed radiation sickness, and thirty percent of them had a, a damage or, or leakage in their blood brain barrier. So the oh. evidence is 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 major to numerous numerous kinds of effects on the human body. It's not surprising, you know, we are electric beings, and this is electricity, and millions and trillions of times higher than what our body evolved to tolerate, and they're clearly going to be effect, even if we want to believe otherwise. <laughs> So um, for someone that's listening and doesn't know the effects, like what, what do people tend to experience, even if it's subtle at first when they, you know, to let them know they might have a problem with uh, radiation EMF exposure? Yeah, I think that what I, from, you know, from talking to thousands and thousands of people, I think that considering how much people now use their smartphones and, you know, the hands are constant, the fingers are constantly on the, uh, on the phone. Many people, it starts with tingling in their fingers and that tingling essentially indicates, you know, an electric problem, right? A, a nervous system problem. Um, another very common symptom that should alert people would be pain in the head when they use a phone. I think a lot of people experience sleep disturbances nowadays and, or, oh, yeah. and, or they go to sleep and, and they, it's actually as if they'd never slept. And it's not surprising that dozens of studies, EEG studies, you know, that, that done on people and the effects of this radiation on their brain, and it interfered with the way our brain waves work. So if our brain waves interrupted while you're trying to sleep, it's not surprising that it's going to affect your sleep. Um, it's also affect melatonin production. So again, it does affect the sleep significantly. Um, and so a lot of people are suffering from sleep disturbances and don't know why. And that is a very likely cause so if people want to check if that may be the cause of their symptoms, uh, first turn off all your wireless devices at home. But that actually may not necessarily give a good indication because a lot of homes now in the United States have what's called a smart meter. They installed without our knowledge wireless utility meters on people's homes. Those are, from our experience, from what we learn on the ground, actually I know more people who develop this condition as a result of the deployment of this meter is than from anything else. And it has to do with the way this meter works. They, they emit 190,000 pulses a day. And that pulsation is really what's created the most bio effects when it comes to exposure to radio frequencies and electromagnetic fields and radiation. And um, so people whether they believe it or not, it might be a good idea to call the utility company and ask to opt out from this meter and have their analog meter install, uh, installed instead. You know, better safe than sorry. So if you get those meters on uh, the analog meter on your house or get rid of the wireless meter from your house and turn off your wireless devices, it's very, very likely that you're going to experience uh, improved health. Um, another major symptom that people experience and now include 
children, which was never before, it's what's known as tinnitus or ringing in the ears. People don't know why they hear it, but that's in many cases, that is the cause. And, and that is again, go back to our own government and military proving that this radiation causing it. Actually, the first study that was ever conducted by the US government on this was a study that was done by the same scientists that showed that it breaks the blood brain barrier. His name is uh, Dr. Alan Frey. And his first study was done in 1962. And he showed that this that the soldiers in military bases where they're using radars or telecommunication system were hearing that radiation, which is basically what people now describe as tinnitus or ringing. Okay. And not only that, in 1965, he published another paper. He showed that if you pulse those frequencies in different ways, it changes the sounds people hear in their brain. And the U.S. government, uh, all the secret services, actually use this knowledge to develop technologies that they can kind of like transfer information into people's head using those frequencies so there will be no sounds but in your head you hear all kind of things and we can talk about it now or later in a case that we filed against the FCC the Federal Communication Commission one of the documents we filed was a, a document that obtained via a Freedom of Information Act request that shows actually discussion of the military of this and developing this kind of a system this document was released only I think in 2016 uh, because of you know uh, conf- uh, secret document laws and so a lot of people are developing these symptoms. And another interesting data about this, in the past three or four years, you may have heard about the diplomats, U.S. diplomats in Cuba and in China reporting that they were developing sickness, unknown sickness or mystery sickness. And one of the first symptoms they experienced was the ringing in the, ear, in, in the ears or in the brain. And scientist uh, Dr. Beatrice Gollum from uh, University of California, San Diego, published a paper showing that very likely that alleged mystery sickness of those diplomats is radiation sickness, the same condition I suffer from and and what other people who are getting sick from wireless. And three months ago, a report was published by the National Academy of Science. They were contracted by the Department of uh, the State Department to investigate what may be the cause of the sickness of those diplomats. And they published an elaborate report actually concluding that it was microwave pulse microwave frequencies that cause likely cause this this sickness so essentially they wow, confirm and so it's um, been weaponized this stuff's been weaponized before we continue i've been personally funding the finding genius podcast for four and a half years now which has led to 2700 plus interviews of clinicians researchers scientists ceos and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world even though this podcast gets a hundred thousand plus downloads a month We need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from $10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now back to the show. It's been, I mean, it's, it's, the thing is, our government know that this radiation and technology is very harmful, as I said, from the sixties. And, and this is not the first time that these frequencies are used against our, against our diplomats. Between 1950s to 1973 or four, I think it was, Russia installed an antenna across from the U.S. Uh, embassy in Moscow. 
And, and for 20 years, essentially, they radiated our diplomats there with an antenna that emitted the same frequencies that we're now using for wireless technology in the same intensities or levels of radiation we're now using for wireless technology. And at the time, you know, that was not a widespread technology. So the U.S. government did not know what's going to happen. A few years after yeah. that irradiation started, the government discovered it. And instead of saying, telling the diplomats that they're being irradiated, they started a secret project, which was called called uh, Pandora Project, and they started to collect data to see if indeed that radiation is causing adverse effects to the diplomats. And, and the evidence that was collected did show that there is severe damage, including DNA damage. And eventually, 90s, I don't remember if it was 1973 or 1974, one of the, uh, the ambassadors said, no more of this, this has to come out and stop. And um, that's when it became public. So our government knows, first of all, the only reason, you know, our government started to research uh, the effects of this technology was because our soldiers in the Navy and in the Air Force were starting developing symptoms of radiation sickness after starting to use these technologies. And so they know it's real. They know it's happening. They investigated and all the studies that our government conducted did show effect. Nevertheless, our government enabled the commercializations of this technology, which is the same technology, same frequencies, and it's pulsed and modulated, and, and has been denying evidence of harm. While well, they know there is evidence of harm, as I just showed. And basically, our government enabled this technology knowing that it's very harmful, and the evidence was there before we ever commercialized it. And it continued to lie to the public for the past 30 years. All right. So, and, so there's been some recent, I guess, legal proceedings and work that you've, you've put on. Is it for your own foundation or is it part of children's health defense yeah, what are you working yeah. on right now i i work i i work on the children's health uh, at the children for the children's health defense and that's where i do my work full time so in the united states absurdly in 1996 under the bill clinton administration congress passed a law it's called the telecommunication act of 1996 and gave the power to regulate the health effects of wireless technology to the FCC. And they gave it to the FCC, which is the Federal Communication Commission, even though this is not a health agency, but actually a spectrum auctioning agency. They don't even have one person who is a health person on their staff. And six months later, the FCC passed uh, their guidelines, not even regulation. And basically, the guidance said that since these frequencies are non-ionizing frequencies, they cannot harm you unless you transmit them with such intensity that they create a change in temperature in your body, meaning a thermal effect. So unless this radiation changes the temperature in your body, it's not harmful for you, which is complete nonsense. And there's a thousands and thousands of studies show that it's it's not ha- also, uh, only harmful, it's extremely harmful, including breaking the DNA. So meaning that there's really no difference between ionizing radiation to non-ionizing radiation both can break the DNA. It's just the mechanism by which it can break the DNA. While ionizing radiation like X-ray can break it directly, non-ionizing radiation will break it indirectly through, for example, creation of oxidative stress. Back to our issue. So the FCC uh, did not update its guidelines since 1996. In uh, 2012... If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. 
the Government Accountability Office of Congress said that it makes no sense that the FCC did not update its guidelines and it asked that the FCC will start an inquiry. In 2013, the FCC decided to, to start an inquiry whether or not they should start, uh, they should update their uh, guidelines. Now, whenever government agency is taking action or want to pass a rule, they have to open what's known as a docket so the public can comment as if they care what the public thinks. Okay. So the FCC opened a docket and it's called 13-84, where people could file docket. Many thousands of documents were filed into that docket showing clear evidence of harm. In, 2000, uh, in December 2019, the FCC uh, published, six years later, the FCC published its decision. It said, there's no evidence that this is harmful. There's no need to, to update the guidelines. That gave us 60 days to file a case against the FCC. And on uh, February 2nd, we filed a case against the FCC under what's called the Administrative Procedure Act. Basically, we claim that the FCC decision, not to, that there's no evidence, is capricious, arbitrary, not evidence-based, and abuse of discretion. So for the past 13 months, we've been working nonstop on this case. On, on January 25, uh, and amongst other things, we filed 11,000 pages of evidence. Just printing those, that evidence costs us $15,000. And, and the thing is, in this kind of cases, you can use only evidence that was filed into the docket. And so that's actually much better evidence. <laughs> but what does that mean, evidence that was filed into the docket? As I said before, we opened the docket so people file documents to show the FCC that there is evidence of harm, right? When the FCC was supposed to inquire whether or not there is evidence. So people find, filed thousands of comments to the FCC, including a lot of documents, scientific studies, letters from doctors, letters from scientists, reports, um, showing that there is evidence. But the FCC ignored all this evidence, says there is no evidence, and said there's no need to update the guidelines. So when we filed the case, the evidence we could use in the case to show that the FCC failed is only evidence that people filed into the FCC docket. Um, and that's included 11,000 pages that we filed the FCC, and that's not even all the evidence. That's just the tip of the iceberg. On January 25th, we had... Uh, oral arguments in our case and something remarkable one of the judges judge wilkins who is also a chemical engineer i think it was a third or fourth sentence told the fcc i'm inclined to rule against you this is a very very rare statement from a judge especially in an appellate court in a federal appellate court i mean judges don't usually tell the sides who they're going to rule in favor or against right, this right. case yep. especially not given and that early on either yeah. and so that was pretty shocking and that that shows how shocked the court was probably from from what they read in this case um, and then another judge, Judge Millet, she started to, you know, ask the FCC many questions. But during this questioning, she indicated clear dissatisfaction with the FCC. And that's an understatement. I, I recommend people to, to go and listen to those arguments. She basically said, well, as we showed in our case, that the FCC did not really review the evidence. Um, the FCC based its conclusion on an FDA letter saying there's no evidence and it's only on cancer. So they did not even review any evidence on neurological effects, on effects on sperm, on effects on the brain, on effects, just cancer. And and while it does cause cancer, there is massive evidence of that it's causing a lot of other conditions and sicknesses. So they ignore well, all of this even evidence. Even if there's evidence that, it, that even if there's only evidence that causes cancer, still nothing has been done and it's rolling out. Yep. And yep. I only hear the supposed benefits of it. And, and the thing is, 
our own government conducted a study that was supposed to give us the final answer, whether or not this radiation caused cancer. And it was the FDA that funded this study, $30 million of taxpayer money. This is probably one of the biggest studies ever conducted and definitely the biggest on wireless harm. And they concluded clear evidence not some evidence, clear evidence. And that's a technical term of meaning that the highest findings. And nevertheless, the FDA just dismissed those findings, say it doesn't apply to human. So all the other studies that we conduct on animals apply to human, but this study does not apply to human. And it's a study that was designed really so carefully and all the protocols were approved by the FDA. But when the final results came out, showing that it is harmful, the FDA said it doesn't apply to humans. And so, so even ignore our own government finding and their own study finding. And, um, and the judge, one, one of the really most important comments I think the judge said was that the FCC, people are not aware, the way FCC tests cell phones and wireless technology to tell us that it's safe, it basically takes a head, plastic head, a dummy, uh, equivalent to the size of a head of, of a military person weighing 220 pounds, fills it with liquid, and then expose that to a cell to a cell phone for thirty minutes, and it doesn't even put the cell phone attached to the head. It put it's oh probably God. in it's a about twenty millimeter uh, distance, and it measures to see if there's a temperature ch- change. My head is not liquid, and the head of our children is not the size of a head of a two hundred twenty pound man. So this test is clearly irrelevant to the harm from this technology. But as I said, it's only for thirty minutes, and as Judge Minute said in a case, that test does not represent the current use of this technology. Now that people, exactly, we are exposed to numerous wireless devices, cell towers, Wi-Fi, uh, uh, wearables. Uh, people are exposed to numerous sources, different frequencies, different modulations and pulsation, nonstop, 24 hours yep. a day, in and out. How this ridiculous task can, can really, uh, ensure the safety of, of, people and the public from this technology so the judge was pretty pissed off that's what it seems when you actually Good. listen to the hearing so for us it was you know we don't know if the court will ruin in our favor or not we are cautiously optimistic but but i think that for me at least you know fighting for this for so long and all the corruption and being called conspiracy theorists and you know all of this yep. stuff that yep. we've been told it was it was a, a true moment of joy and a feeling of justice i mean at well, least i got, I got a few a few questions here um does anyone have the answer? Has anyone conducted the actual research? Um, you know, if I have a, a cell phone and I put it to my ear, what kind of radiation will I get versus, um, you know, a cell phone that's, let's say, uh, you know, if I'm using Bluetooth or if I'm using like wired headphones or if the cell phone's like a few inches away from my head versus right next to it. Like, has anyone done those comparisons? They did not do a comparison, and I don't know if they need to. So I think, first of all, and, and I'm going to complicate things a little bit for you, if you don't mind. Sure. So what we know is, and this is something that on purpose the FCC have been silencing, and on purpose we actually brought it up in our case. It seems that the major cause adverse health effects from this technology, it's not necessarily the actual radiation, the energy. So it seems that I think what's causing most of the biological responses to this technology, it's what's called the pulsation and the modulation. So we're using those radio frequencies and micro frequencies, those waves to transfer 
the information wirelessly. But in order to put the actual data, you know, your call, your text, the movie you're downloading on those carrier waves, on this wireless carrier waves, you pulse the signals and you put other frequencies that also pulse. That's called the modulation. So this kind, and it creates a lot of variability in that carrier waves. And we know that things that are variable, that are pulsing, are much more bioactive. For that reason, for example, we probably know that people that you know, uh, if a lot of when you ha- when you have a serious injury, your doctor or your physical therapist may recommend doing a treatment with pulsed EMF, basically oh. frequencies that are pulsed, and the reason they do in it because they know that it's the pulsation that will activate blood flow and nerve system reaction that will help uh, heal that injury faster. So they've been using pulsed EMF for a long time because they are bioactive. And so this technology is the pulsation is really how we transfer all this information and it's pulsing a lot. And there are a lot of studies, I don't want to say number, right? But in the hundreds that showing that actually the pulsation is the major cause of, of the effect. And that actually been abused by the wireless industry. How was it abused? So when the wireless industry is conducting a study, let's say on cell phone, Wi-Fi, health effects right or let's say cell phone they would use only what is called the carrier wave but they would not include the actual phone working so about 50 percent of studies when they were done just with the carrier without the actual use do not show effect but 100 percent almost 100 percent of studies that use the actual signal the pulse and modulated signal show effects and they know that and that's why they design the symptoms so radiation Currently, the guidelines are based on radiation levels, but we actually think that that is completely irrelevant in order to protect the public from health, health and safety. So we have to mm. take into consideration the pulsation modulation. So uh, back to your question, different uses of this technology have different frequencies and different frequencies have different effects. They have different pulsation modulation. Some may be worse than others. And so it's very difficult to do a comparison. But I can tell you that putting Bluetooth headphones in your brain, basically in your ear, Years in the one hair in the one place that you don't have even skull and the radiation goes directly into your brain in levels that are millions billions and trillions higher than what your brain's supposed to tolerate it's not a good idea especially right. considering the government study that showed us it breaks the dna in the brain so, so is that so even bluetooth i mean they seem bluetooth like is really horrible small. bluetooth is the really? worst yeah, because so, there's so just those, no distance. So like AirPods are really bad. Terrible. Think? Garbage. That's the only place that belong. What's and I we- believe, and I believe that in the next two, three years, we're going to see massive increase in brain tumors because of them. But the problem is really, I think, you know, brain tumors are bad. Some of them, like glioblastoma, are deadly. If that's the brain tumor that, uh, Bo Biden, Joe Biden's son, President Joe Biden's son died from. And he actually told his family members that it's the cell phone that caused his, his glioblastoma. And he's probably right. But there's other cancers like, cancers like, for example, acoustic neuroma. Acoustic neuroma is a brain tumor that is developed on the hearing nerve in your ear. And this is not a deadly cancer. It's a benign cancer. But you can imagine that if a tumor is growing in your brain, it's affect yeah. various function in brain. And then when you have to remove it, you're going to 
damage other functions in your brain, and including to deforming your face. So, um, so there's different cancer, and again, there's also the neurological effects, which I think are the worst. And there is a reason why children have no concentration, or they're hyper, or they're aggressive. Um, we know that it has a lot of psychological effect again because it's it's changes bioelectric and chemical reactions in the brain and the brain waves, and you see huge increase in children's suicide. And our military studies show that this is a major cause of depression, suicide, etc., etc. So this causing all of those things. I mean, this technology and radiation does not belong anywhere close to our brain. Definitely not inside our ear. Well, um, the reason the reason why I asked you if anyone's done a comparison is that you know it it would be hard to get someone to not use let's say bluetooth or the, their phone at all but you know would it be helpful to again look at wireless versus wired cell phone proximity cell phone type on and on and on so at least people could mitigate the effects somewhat you know like i know everyone wants to be i guess you know the right i'm i'm calling it a purist even though i know it shouldn't be called that but you know what can people do what some what steps can they take to like start on the path towards health and without having to like just change everything overnight? Well, it's, it's I mean, I, I think that's a really excellent question and there's a lot people can do. I think first education is important. I think people should just go a little bit. There's a lot of wonderful websites with information. I think if they actually see those images of how this radiation affects their brain, the brain scans that were done, the um, EEGs, et cetera, that, that will give them a true image of what's happening in the brain when they use this technology. People, I think, I think reduction of exposure is crucial. Keeping distance is crucial. Not wearing those eye watches, not using Bluetooth uh, headphones. And I think you're, you're, you should try and find wire solution as much as possible. The next thing, next stage would be actually using wired internet in your home. You can hardwire all your devices and it's really easy. Listen, I do this work. I travel. I, I work with people from around the world. This morning I was on a conversation with people with attorneys in Spain, in South Africa. I do this, but I do it all with wired internet. I connect my, computer to the router with a wire and I disable the Wi-Fi. It's actually safer, faster, uh, better quality. So it's really easy. It's just a matter of decision. You, you can actually even hardwire your, your, your cell phone. You can come home, put an adapter between your cell phone to the router and a wire, and you can do everything you want on your cell phone, including making calls. So you can use this technology. If you have to use this technology, if you go, uh, you know, out into the world and you're driving and you need to make a call to your family or you need something, you can use it. But, you know, if you're at home and there is a way not to use it, and there are numerous ways how to bypass it, you can, you can and you should do it. Another thing you should do is definitely turn everything off at night. It's crucial because this radiation affects our melatonin production. And at night, our body is, you know, if, if you've been exposed to this radiation all day, whether you wanted it or not, there is DNA damage. And yeah, at, at, least, night, at least if you do it right for eight hours at night, you the can, body can you know, correct itself. Right. It, yeah. it can at least do some of the corrective processes to, to mitigate that damage. And if you don't get your body a break from it, the body has no chance of recovering and, and the damage is human. Okay. Well, right now I'm hearing commercials about 5G rollout, you know, all that. So um, in the scheme in the world of wireless radiation, how bad is 5G versus uh, existing technologies? Devastating. To our health, to our privacy rights, to our democracy. So 5G people, the difference between 5G and the previous technologies, 1G to 4G were about connecting people. 5G is about connecting things. So it's 
And people think that 5G is supposed to provide them higher, better speeds. That was just a marketing line. The main reason 5G is being deployed, it's to have more antenna to, again, to interconnect 50 billion more wireless devices. And if you have more devices that you want to connect, you need to have more antennas to transmit that information. And the plan is to deploy eight 100,000 more cell towers in order to enable that internet of things, basically connecting all of those wireless devices. So now we are about, 5G is about connecting things, not connecting people. And why would they want to connect all of those things? It's because they want the data. 5G is not about faster speed. 5G is about collecting data. And this data is being collected not only for marketing purposes, and in fact, marketing purposes, it's really the, the least important uh, element of this. The main reason is for artificial intelligence, surveillance, and other purposes. This is really the main source of potential income from wireless technology. Now, in this era, um, they think that 5G is, is, you know, that there's kind of like a cold war with in the US and China. And, and the next war is really a technology war. So why, um, why is, um, I mean... 5G, I guess we could watch movies faster. No, you cannot. It's That's the thing. It's not. You know what I mean? That's what it's been touted by. But why? Been the, exactly. But if you go online and you will see numerous articles where the tech people say, hey, we don't get faster, faster internet from the 5G. And if yes, just negligible because 5G was never meant to be about speeds. 5G, it's about oh. collecting data. It's more bandwidth to connect all of these devices. And so literally zero benefit for people. It's all negative. The best thing that can happen, and you live in a, in a state of Texas, you lost your, your soul, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I work with an attorney who, who is in Texas and he has no internet now because yeah, yeah. although he paid taxes for it, Cable and fiber optics are not connected to people's home. We all paid a lot of money in order to have fiber optics internet connected to our house. This is the fastest possible internet you can get. But you don't get it because that infrastructure was confiscated towards the cell phone company. So they use those fiber optics and cable between 5G antennas, but you don't get it to your house. But if you will get it to your house, as you should, you're actually going to have faster internet than anything. And in fact, all this wireless internet is the slowest internet. So um, we really should fight to get fiber optics to our homes. And if you had fiber optics to your home, you right now had internet. I mean, all those people in Texas that lost connection and internet, those who rely on wireless would have had it right now, uh, despite the other problems. So, you know, there's a lot of fraud going on with this issue, a lot of misinformation. And all of this misinformation is coming out including in our case and more and more people are becoming aware that this is really a fraud it's a fr- it's it's if you ever watched a movie about snowden with uh, uh there's a movie by oliver stone mm-hmm. and i recommend watching it you understand that all of this surveillance is done through our wireless devices and they are doing surveillance non-stop on all of us and I mean, I think according to the movie, at least, you know, that point uh, where Snowden decided to take action against it all and expose what's really going on. And was when, when he discovered that actually, like in one year, they uh, listened 
and read email, like 3.6 billion emails and calls of US citizens, more than the actual calls that they listened and emails that they read of Russian citizens, et cetera, et cetera. So wow. there is an initiative by uh, Bill Gates invested $1 billion now in a company called EarthNow that basically going to send 500 satellites that their purpose is really doing surveillance. So they'll be able to have within one second delay information of everything and anything that happened on Earth, everywhere and anywhere, everything any person does. And, you know, this information will be sold to government and other entities who want this information. Other, other, this information is also collected for artificial intelligence purposes. And according to, you know, various data sources, about 40% of our workforce is going to disappear in the next 10 years towards artificial intelligence. But this is not the worst thing. This is also used to what's called transhumans, which is where we all heading. So a lot of companies like Facebook, like Elon Musk, uh, Neuralink, working on making us into part humans, part machines. For example, Elon Musk company called Neuralink, um, working on putting various wireless implants in our brain to communicate with our wireless devices. And actually said that this year they're going to have this first human trial on that. Right. So there's a whole, this is really what all of this data is being used for. Uh, all of this 5G is meant for, it's, it's meant for cold wars, for surveillance, for uh, our data. And, and it's, it's beyond the, the, you know, it's not sustainable in terms of health effects, but it's also a huge threat to our, our, our right to privacy and other rights. So I think, I think this is, I actually see no benefits in 5G and it's, it's just basically wow. bad news, all bad news. So what, um, what, what can people do? Like, I guess one thing that we've talked about is, um, Again, in your home, when you go to sleep, you can make sure that you're not surrounded by that kind of radiation. So at least you get that time. But what else can people do? Uh, and, and you're right. The first thing, first people need to, since we are being bombarded with this radiation, the first thing and most important thing for people to do is to protect themselves. And the one place where they have some control, not a lot of control, is their homes. So get rid of those smart meters, stop using the wireless devices in your house, reduce exposure, but then also start and awaken your community. Educate yourself. And there are a lot of really good websites with a lot of information. There's information on the Children's Health Defense website, information in an organization called Physicians for Safe Technology. They have great information. Educate yourself and then start educating your community. Educate your children. Educate your legislators. Um, unfortunately, you know, those telecom companies have a lot of power. And unfortunately, a lot of those telecom companies heavily finance legislator, both on a state and on the federal level. So for us to have success, and the reason we have been having, you know, major successes recently is because of the grassroots. That's the only place we have power. So people need to educate their community and start fight in their communities. You know, I can tell you that so many uh, cities are extremely happy that we took this case against the FCC and it seems that we did well because the federal government is trying to take all our rights to, uh, in regard to this technology, there's right now a monstrous bill that the FCC just passed. It's called the Authored Bill, which essentially will allow uh, cell towers, not for cellular, but basically for data, which is most of 5G, that being installed on people's home without your ability to have any objection whatsoever to that. So the next day they can... Wait, wait, um, what were they installing where? Like small go? antennas, antennas okay. basically for 5G. So on they your can, home or how close to So they would go to your neighbor and say, here is uh, $200 a month if you put this antenna on your home. You would not know. Your neighbor will get the money and you get the radiation. And this is probably how, one of the how most... How far are the uh, are 5G antennas harmful, you know, radius-wise from the device? 
every distance. It's just they they have very far reach. Um, well, I would think um, it would fall off. I mean, from what I understand about five G, is like you need to have a high density of antennas, and they don't yes go no. too okay. far. But. So you're talking about millimeter waves. So again, that's part of the all the mis, uh, misinformation. So what happened was, if you have if you want to connect 50 million board devices, right, you need bigger bandwidths, like bigger roads to travel to to transfer more information, right? So there are different solutions on how to do it. One of the solutions um, that was specially promoted by Verizon was to use higher frequencies because higher frequencies have bigger bandwidth. And those frequencies are called millimeter waves. So Verizon thought that they'll do the 5G with millimeter waves. Five, Verizon discovering that that was quite a dumb idea and now they're kind of like withdrawing from it. In fact, 5G is using different frequencies. For example, T-Mobile and Sprint using the 600 megahertz frequency, which is actually a much lower frequency that travel faster, uh, farther. So 5G is not a specific frequency. 5G is an infrastructure. It's also a technology, but they're using different frequencies in different groups. And actually, as I said, they're going to use less and less of the middle waves because it's a dumb idea. So, but they still need a lot of antennas because if they want to spy on all your wireless devices in your house and in your neighbor's house, they need a lot of antennas because people are using more and more wireless devices, right? So if not only you have cell phones and router in your house, now you have cell phones, router, your refrigerator is smart, your TV is smart, you have Alexa, you have wearable, you have so many wireless devices, you need more antennas to support those wireless devices. And that's why they're going to have a lot of these antennas. In fact, in the FCC order, um, they, they do write that a major part of, of, of the deployment of 5G will be done through these antennas. So basically they take, they bypass municipal laws, they bypass state and federal laws, they take your right to object this, they bypass any need for application, they even bypass uh, ADA rights. So pretty monstrous that, you know, unless we all stand up, start and stand up and demand that this insanity stops, uh, it would not well, what's stop. The, what's the current status of 5G rollout across uh, the U.S. and other countries? Like, how do you, how do people find out, like, where it is so they can at least correlate, you know, hey, I'm starting not to feel good. Oh, look, um, it looks like 5G came to my neighborhood. How do you know? But people will start feeling not good, not only because of 5G. As I said, 5G is just another wireless system, right? It may have a little bit more uh, intensity or they may have uh, worse protocols or pulsation. But if, if people start feeling bad, it's because they use wireless devices. Sometimes, indeed, uh, we know about a lot of people who get sick literally days after 5G antenna has been installed near the house. And that is because the close, the proximity and the intensity. So first of all, if you start feeling bad, check out outside your window if there's a 5G antenna installed uh, nearby your house. And it can be, you know, within a few feet from your house or within a thousand feet from your house, that would still have an impact. So check if anything changed in your neighborhood. And I think the best thing to do, what I advise people to do is to get a meter, a radio frequency meter. Those meters measure the radiation in your house and in your environment. And um, some of them, you know, they're, they're not cheap, but they're, you know, maybe worthwhile the investment. Uh, for example, a meter that is called Cornet meter that you can get for about $170, meter, uh, $70. And that gives you at least an overview of what's going on in your environment. Although those meters are not going to measure all the 5G antennas because some of them do use millimeter waves and those meters 
cannot go that high in terms of frequencies, but that is a good start. And then, so check your environment and also turn off the devices in your house and see if you feel better. And they're also professionals and there are a lot of good professionals in Texas, people who are called what's building biologists, people who come to your house, measure yeah, the radiation. I had, I had a lady come, Diana, Diana? Yeah, Jabor, yeah, she, she came to our house. And, yeah. Yeah. She found in our house there was one wall in one of the bedrooms that we it doesn't look like there's any reason that it would have high EMF, but it does. And we just can't figure it out. And you know, in and, that room, one of my you know, my kids was sleeping with the bed against that wall. And right after she came, we moved the bed to the other side of the room and you know, my daughter was started sleeping better um, mm-hmm. from that. And we didn't realize, but but it was weird. We couldn't like most of the house was okay, but this one wall for no reason at all. We we don't even know what's in there. Just I tell like you what the problem wall. is probably what's called bad wiring. There's probably something that was done bad in the wiring in the wall that create high electric or magnetic fields. Okay, okay. And it is solvable. Uh, the best way to solve it is really engage a electricians, but you need an electrician that really understand this kind of things. I've I've seen electricians doing miracles in people's homes. Um, I know for myself, I experienced myself because, you know, I'm extremely sensitive to this. I feel things that are sometimes meters don't feel. And, oh. and when electrician is, electrician is fixing those wiring problems, the effects are immense. As you saw with your daughter, just by moving it away and keeping distance, she already, her house already improved. And people have no idea how, how all of this electromagnetic fields and radiation adversely affect their children and their house. Um, I think so, in one way, the, the inverse square law, at least, right. is somewhat helpful, you know, but uh, it's not a panacea. Yeah, and distance is important, um, especially when it comes to those, you know, to everything when it comes to EMF. There's also the other issue of pulsation, which is less when it comes to electricity. It's more important when it comes to all these wireless devices. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, Daphne, what's what's the best way for people to find out more about your work with Children's Health Defense and you? Where can they go? So uh, you can go to the Children's Health Defense website, uh, and we actually launched a new uh, news platform, which is called The Defender. The really the reason is, as people may or may not be aware, we have been censored severely because of our work, even though our work is really exposing the truth, as you see with this case. So um, the best way to to get updates from us is to join our a newsletter. Um, and you can do it on the Children's Health Defense website or on the Defender. And that's probably the best way to follow. You can follow me on Facebook. Um, I post important things that I think that things that are important on Facebook. And okay. also there's a lot of other groups, as I said, that are doing a lot of good job on this issue. There's American for uh, Responsible Technology. There is the Physicians for Safe Technology. And there are a lot of groups, including in Texas. Okay. Just search online and you find a lot. There's a lot of people working really hard to educate the public, expose the harms and create change. Very good. Well, definitely. Thank you for coming back and, and I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, again, in a few months, I'd like to have you back and get more updates on what you're doing because it's important. Thank you so much for having me, Richard, and well done on educating others on this issue. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. 
This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.